The Nerd Eternal Podcast Network presents... Hello and welcome to the next episode of Man, We're Too Old for This Issue. I'm your host, the experience that some call Jason. Today we're going to be doing the second part of our Black Panther review. And joining me for this, as they did for the first part, is... The Todd Father. And... CDL113. Token Young Viewer, Tarky. Alright, last episode we discussed our expectations going in, our overall opinions coming out. Uh, we discussed some of our favorite characters, the fact that we pretty much all liked all of them. So we'll start off this one with uh, Tarky. What was one of your favorite moments? The very start, or fairly early in, with the M'Baku fight. The, the setup to it, you know, they have a, basically what is a, tra- you assume it's their traditional battle area. But you have no idea how they set that up before the advanced tech. But you know they did. You know they somehow made the whirlpool happen and opened that section up to be where they fight. Because the second time they have a challenge, they open up the exact same place. Mm-hmm. You know, well, keep in mind, too, with Wakanda, the advanced tech goes back a while. Yeah. Not the flying car aspect, you know, all the way back, but they were always several steps ahead of everybody else. Yeah, in the in the comic books, they show you when the rest of the world was uh, going around in, in uh, wagons, you know, with a pull with a pull by a horse, they were driving cars. Mm. He had some in some of the one of the comics. He had some of the South African, uh, the Dutch from South Africa, show up. You know, they had their Gatling guns or their cannons or whatever. And when you see them looking through the binoculars or telescope, whatever. At Wakanda, you've got like radio and TV antennas sticking up above the houses. But, you know, they don't have a clue what it is. It's always a, you know, totem, totem primitive, something or other. It doesn't end well for the Dutch in that. So everybody just fire off. Yeah. Fire off. I loved the fight scene. I loved it showing, hey, your hero is stout, but he comes from a, you know, a nation that can build amazing warriors. Yeah, he gets hurt. He gets hurt pretty bad. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. pretty good, pretty good dust up. He get stabbed. Because <laughs> that's that's the one thing I always disliked with Captain America Civil War. I had the moment of anger at that movie because they like when Captain Bucky are meeting in the apartment. You know, he gets warned. They've been told, you know, kill on sight, shoot on sight. You you know, you're going to get shot at immediately as soon as they bust in, and they miss every shot. Man has a shield that covers, you know. A third of his body. Every shot misses. He's holding on to a rod in the middle of a stairwell with 15 guys above him with guns, told to shoot on sight, and they have been warned they will shoot on sight, and they can't shoot him. Mm-hmm. And then in the first 10 minutes of the you know the film, yeah, heroes get hurt. Yeah, which is what should be happening. Mm-hmm. Some of that's typical action movie stuff, but I see your point where that where Panther was better in comparison because of that. Yeah. It at least gives you the threat that your hero could get damaged. Mm-hmm. And I think that was I think that was a shout out to uh, like the Don McGregor run because he used to get Panther used to get the shit beat out of him back in the old uh, jungle, jungle action, action days. Yeah. yeah, he he would win his fights, but he tended to take damage. You know, he was beat the hell up, and he would come back and kind of beat you. Well, since I'm talking, I guess I'll go my favorite moments. Uh, one of my favorites is uh, T'Challa in the lab. The first time he goes to the lab after he's king, mm-hmm. and he's got kind of his his swagger going. Sure, he gets on him for having open toes. Yeah, she doesn't like the sandals in her life. Yeah. 
And uh, the sneakers. <laughs> yes, I love it. They're completely sound resistant. I call them sneakers. sneakers. <laughs> kind of a shout out to Back to the Future. Yeah. Yeah. I've got a buddy that's very fond of puns. And that scene made me think of him. Both in how he would do his puns and how the rest of us, he's one of my gaming buddies, how the rest of us at the gaming table will just give him the dead eye stare when he does a bad pun. But yeah, I I enjoyed that entire like lab scene, you know, uh, her making fun of because I don't know how many people caught it, but T'Challa made his Black Panther suit, and she kind of dogs him with it. Oh yeah, yeah, it's nice. It's very functional. Oh, I'm getting shot at. Let me put on my, my helmet. helmet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, the uh, the uh, getting him to keep, getting him to hit it. Yeah, hit this. That's so hard. Oh, yeah, yeah. I let you into my lab. You're knocking stuff off. Well, you didn't tell me how hard to hit it. I really like their... There was a good sibling chemistry. Like yeah. I mentioned last episode, there was a good sibling chemistry there. What I, I did not know. notice the first time is, yeah, once she picks it back up, she doesn't start recording it until then. Okay, hit it again in that same spot. Are you recording this? It's for <laughs> research. No, it's for research purposes. Which should have been his first hit. And you see a look on his face, he ain't quite trusting that. <laughs> but yeah, as soon as it knocks him across the lab, delete damn, that. damn near the minute he catches his breath, it's delete that. Yeah. And you know she didn't delete Oh, no. <laughs> that's my brother. I've got something embarrassing on Trump because my king telling me to do something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One of my favorite scenes is of the little comedic stuff. Is I think I mentioned this last episode to some degree. Is you know he gets off the plane, his sister asks, did he freeze up? She's yeah, told that he did. Yeah, like I had a little bit of headlights. And you know just just the you know he makes his little crack about the the traditional garb and you know improvement she make on that and the way she you know flips him off walking away. Like I said, it's just the kind of casual interaction that you know brother and sister, yeah. Uh, and then the mom, their mother, yeah, their mother did a good job on it too because she doesn't even look behind her, you know. Yeah, An- Angela Bassett. Buddy of mine at work that's been watching the movie a couple times now talked about, you know, the the scenes later on, seeing Angela Bassett, you know, with the long white hair. hair, and he was thinking, man, she'd look like a, she'd make a good older storm. And I went into how he was, you know, back when the first X-Men movie were in the process of being cast, she was mine and Todd Father's pick to be Storm. Yeah. Well, she thought she was going to be it because I have a, an Ebony magazine from back in the days when they were asking her, well, what's your next movie going to be? I think it's going to be this thing called X-Men. And then all of a sudden when they announced, well, it's Halle Berry. And it's like, what the hell? They just wanted to an Oscar winner. Yeah, because hell, did Halle? No, Halle didn't have an Oscar for the first X-Men. Did she not? No, the no, only, only one had an Oscar for the first X-Men was Anna Paquin. She had it for the piano. Okay, okay. Yeah, I, to this day, I don't know why they went with Halle uh, at all. Because, yeah, looking at Ramonda when they're on the run, yeah, I'm sitting there the whole time going, that storm, that storm. Yeah. Why in the hell wasn't that storm? What in the hell's wrong with it? Storm. That is freakishly yeah. storm. So did CDL, yeah, what's one of your favorite moments? Uh, I'm like Todd. I, I liked it when they're in the lab. That 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 was that was funny. Uh, I'm like Tarky. I liked them when they were fighting. On, on the uh, thing, I, I like the, uh, the the masks that they both put on, mm-hmm. the the ape mask and the uh, panther mask. I like how they both carved with wood. You know, brought it back down to a traditional level. That was that that was their way of making a giving a shout out to Mbaku's comic book costume. Yeah, 
without showing that thing on camera. Yeah. But I think one of the funniest moments for me was when they're going undercover in the club and you've got um, Okoye. Okoye having to put on a wig yeah. and she's talking about how uncomfortable it is and itching and she gets in there and she's up on the upper deck and when she gets made by one of uh, Claw. Claw's people and she kicks one, punches another and throws the wig in the other one's face. And it's distracting. The guy's like, oh! And then she, you know, throws, and she draws the spear from somewhere. Well, it was clapped down. It was was clapped down. And she commences to kicking ass. She lops one dude's head off with that spear. Yeah, she And these guys are pulling, you know, pistols, submachine guns, you know, She's outnumbered like five to one, and she, I mean she throws one guy off the balcony like she throws, that. She, she flips one off with the spear, but I think my I like the scene when she kicks the one dude through the railing and then dives off after yeah, him and now, stabs him. It's like good lord. Yeah, I mean she she makes so such short work of them guys. It's like holy crap. She's a Black Widow style. Yeah. Character. yeah. And it, it goes back to you know one of my favorite scene you know. I made a comment in the first uh, thing we did uh, from the uh, Avengers movie where she goes to Black Widow, move or you will be moved. Ayo! You keep giving the Koye props for Ayo. That's Ayo. Oh, that's, oh yeah, that is Ayo, ain't it? Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> Ayo is the one to tell the part. Koye is the general. Ayo is the Dora Milaje that when all hell breaks loose at the end, Koye looks at it and goes to the king. And she leads that's, the charge. That's, that's, that's Ayo. Okay, that Ayo is the one leading the charge. Okoye is is the general. You hadn't seen her until Black Panther. Now in that uh in the casino, one thing that made me laugh, even though it was a completely serious moment, it made me think of something else, was when Ross and T'Challa go both behind the table for a moment, and my brain went back to because I had seen Bright recently. I was like, yeah. just thinking the moment. of you want to die in a titty bar gunfight? Fine, let's die in a titty bar gunfight. <laughs> I just made me think of it for the briefest moment. I had a giggle. Uh, speaking of the, the bar, I like Stan Lee's cameo. You mm-hmm. know, T'Challa just wins this huge thing. Yeah, walk off. Then walks off. Stan Lee slides over. Well, I'll just take, you know. <laughs> I'll, just, I'll just take this for safe. Safe keeping. And it's just the way he does it is just that Stanley, you know, gravelly voice that just Stanley uh, plays characters because he's old enough not to give a damn no yeah, more. Yeah, and he, he plays characters. And he like plays him. characters that yeah, you can just tell, yeah, I don't give a shit. Yeah. And you he know just happy to be there. <laughs> he, he just, you know, slid in, did his did did his Stanley thing, slid back off screen. I was wondering where he was going mm-hmm. to pop up. And this is a completely aside. But you know Stan Lee is just enjoying seeing the stuff he worked on and reached this level of popularity. And there was an interview one time where he was talking about how he wished his old buddy Bob Kane was still alive. Bob Kane created Batman. And when Bob Kane was still alive, he would give Stan grief over all the Batman movies, you know, all the movies yeah. his character had had versus any of Stan's. And then, you know, when Stan could have his come up until, you know, Bob Kane had already passed. But. Well, that, that's like somebody had made a comment about uh, Kirby. And in an online thing I saw, he had mentioned, he said, I wish 
Jack was still alive to see the things that have been taking place in the movie universe and in the comic universe nowadays, he would be so pleased to see what's happened with our characters. And I wish, you know, Jack could be making these cameos with me. And, you know, it, you know, it's just amazing to see these characters, you know, because, you know, how long ago was were, were some of these characters created? You know, you know well, Panther was the sixties. Yeah, sixties. But you know, some of them and Jack go back to the forties. So, so you know, it, it, it's amazing when you think mm-hmm. about it. You know, of course, you think you, you think they go. You know, it'd be neat for Kirby to, to see some of the some of the Marvel characters that he helped create and this that, and the other. But then you have to go to the DC one to look at what they've done. Some of his in the movie. So yeah, eh. yeah, because you know Kirby's the one that was behind Steppenwolf. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm, you know, I'm one for one. <laughs> That's still basically beating yourself. Yeah. But uh, the uh, the other favorite, one of my other favorite scenes was uh, in the uh, uh, museum when they go to collect the artifact. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, you know, they've already collected the artifact and Killmonger leans over and he's looking at this mask and, and uh, Claw goes... Is that, is that vibranium too? And Claw don't tell so, me that's vibranium too. Yeah, yeah, don't tell me that's vibranium too. And he's getting so excited, like, oh, we're gonna be rich. And he goes, No, I'm just really feeling this. You know, it's just no, I'm just feeling the, the expression on on Claw's face is just so hyped up. And then Killmonger's just so chill. And he goes, No, I'm just really feeling this. And he scoops it up and just walks out, just like there was another scene right through there in the uh, museum scene. Where Claw's telling the one security guard, okay, you can go, run off, just don't, don't tell nobody. And lets him get you know, almost to the door and he shoots in the back. And uh, Killmonger basically looks at him. Why don't you Why just shoot, shoot him right here? Oh, spread out the crime scene. It'll make us look like amateurs. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I thought that was uh, like, what? what? Why, why is it letting him get away? Oh, okay. Well, you knew he wasn't going to let him get away. Uh, yeah, yeah. He was sitting there, how messed up is this going to be? Yeah. Only thing, only thing I don't understand about that, and I know why they had to do it from a movie point of view, but why the hell is Kill, Why the hell is Claw still doing that, considering Ultron made him a billionaire in Age of Ultron? Mm-hmm. He's literally a billionaire. Yeah. But greedy people never have enough. That's true, but good lord. And also, he may have been aiming for some kind of re- revenge on Wakanda for some reason. Well, that's true. He never got over the brand. Yeah. And you you have to consider the entire casino scene was a setup. Yeah, for all you know, the entire caper was just a, just so he could have this setup to go after, you know, uh, T'Challa. You think, or whatever Wakanda yeah, showed up. Yeah. But you'd think he'd been better equipped than he was because, you know. Well, he had the sonic cannon. Yeah. And he can dig through vibranium if it's a mining tool. It's true. It's, it's the thing he knows is designed to go through that. It's true, because that's interesting. Because it did, now that you mentioned that, it destroyed the vibranium car. Yeah, without any trouble. The suit was designed to absorb, specifically to absorb stuff. That is right. And that is right. If he'd have shot the child in his old suit, he may have took him out. Mm-hmm. Or at least wrecked the suit the first shot. Well, if it did the suit like it did the car. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which I also don't know, was the entire car vibranium? Or was it just kind of an outside layer and it shook apart some of the insides? Hey, I don't know. Well, you know, her in the driver's seat, uh, the sure. Kia? Yeah, well, yeah, it was the Kia in the driver's seat. In the driver's seat, she was fine. Yeah. It's like it just kind of shredded the middle. Or made it to fall apart or, you know, something. Yeah, because she was sliding along, 
you know, like, like what? Well, the seat. It destroyed yeah, everything. The, seat, the, the steering seat, wheel. The steering column. I love Shiri driving the car Panther was on by remote control from Wakanda. Yeah. Yeah. And when it wrecks, how the little simulation thing she's sitting in just dissipates as she drops to the floor. Yeah. Which side of the road am I driving up? I just drive a bass sake. Yeah. Yeah. That, uh, that was... The, com, coming from America and, and, you know, America being, for the most part, a Christian nation, you know, we swear... You culturally know, speaking. Culturally speaking. Most folks swear, you know, by God, you know, it, whether they believe it all or not. Believe, it, it believe it all or not. In the vocabulary. When they went, my bass. Such a, and then you had Mbaku go, uh, oh, praise Hanuman. Yeah, praise Hanuman. That crack, cracked us up because all of us here at the table are gamers and, you know, have played different games. So and one we, of our gaming group, uh, his, the character he's playing worships Hanuman. So, yeah. so, and, so was, and this this fella, Giggity, we'll call him, was at the movie with us. So. Yeah. Because so, when he says that, I look over at Giggity and go, and he's sitting there like, yes. So that, that caught us in, in our feel goods, and so that just cracked all of us up. That may be why Mbaku's Giggity's favorite character. Because that, that's, that's literally all he does. And he's about. a fun character. You know, he's, he's, he's a fun character just on his own. And, you know, that, just that little something. Yeah. kind of personalized. I liked, I liked him breaking up the... Uh, Basically, the the we're all with you moment. The Black Panther leaves, and you know, and I'm with you, and I'm with you, and Ross is, and I'm with you too. And everybody kind of looks over like, what the hell? You gonna need all the help you can get? Okay, you can be done. And then you hear, are you finished? Really? Are you are you done? Are you done? Are you done? <laughs> you know, you're in my you're in my living room doing this. <laughs> I like when he uh. uh I could really use an army. I bet you could. Yeah, I'm sure you can. I'm not going to help you. <laughs> I like when he threatened to feed them to his children. Yeah, that's a fun line. Yeah. If you speak again, I will feed, feed you, you to my, my children. children. And everybody kind of looks horrified. <laughs> Just kidding, we're vegetarian. <laughs> yeah. Well, he he constantly kind of threatened Ross. Because, yeah. you know, yeah. when, they, when they're bringing T'Challa... Ross was the outsider. Yeah, when they were bringing T'Challa back... You know, when Mbaku kind of turns his back and Ross is still looking, he kind of stares at it and makes him turn to, oh, yeah, okay, I'm, I'm not looking. And one I, thing I didn't think about was with uh, Killmonger getting a mask was all the challengers to the throne had masks. That's true. To wear. And then just as a piece, he had a mask, which means it's probably to something. It may have. And, you know, if they wanted to foreshadow, that would be an amazing way to foreshadow. Mm-hmm. It also had kind of a devil, uh, like you said, in the Mephisto motif to it. Because it had the big kind of horns and shit like that. So in case you were wondering, is this the bad guy? Yeah, yeah, here's a visual cue. I'm evil as shit. <laughs> well, one of the things I saw on, on uh, the internet that the the wooden mask that he had on in the movie was a combination of two different things. A mask that uh, Killmonger has worn in the yeah, book he's worn he's worn a mask and like Mephisto's face, and of, of a particular drawing of the way they've done Mephisto's face, and then they show a different artist rendition of Mephisto's face, and all you have to do is add the color red to that mask. Well, yeah, it's Mephisto's uh, face in, uh, in Priest. 
run of Black Panther when Mephisto shows up. Mark Texarius art. Yeah, it's how Mephisto. The only thing that's different is the color and the fact that the mask has horns. That's it. The, the fur down the side and all that kind of stuff looks pretty much like that kind of horse face thing. So, yeah. It, there there were plenty of little shout-outs to different people's stuff. They did a good job of shouting out at least a little bit to just about every phase. Panthers yeah, do. yeah. Uh, some of the things that happened, Killmonger chucking him off, Warrior Falls. Yeah, yeah that's that happened. Uh, Panther Bulldog and that rhino is literally right out of common. You know, I was sitting, when the rhino showed up, I'm sitting there hitting Travis going, hey, I bet you go bulldog when the rhinos when he does it. Yeah, I'm saying, see, see, I told you, it's literally right out of the comic. I had that real bad in that movie. That was, one little, that was one little scene that I liked, too. It, it, it's late in the fight at the end. Uh, Wakabi is on the rhino. He's charging towards M'Baku. And Okoye steps out in front of the rhino. And I'm sitting there, like, you know, uh, you know what's going to happen? Why would you do that? And then it screeches to a halt and looks there. And I have a brief moment of, what the crap? And then, then I remember from the very beginning, oh, yeah, they are a couple. Yeah. She's probably been around that rhino his entire life. Okay, okay, it makes more sense to me now. Though, truthfully, I was expecting him, I was just about expecting Mbaku to pick that rhino up and toss it. Yep, that's actual. I was sitting there going, I was sitting there bumping track. I think Mbaku would get ready to flip this damn rhino. I think he'd get ready to flip this damn rhino. Because I don't care what nobody says, Mbaku's ass was not normal. No. <laughs> Admittedly, in the fight with Panther, he did not strike you as somebody that would pick a rhino. The trick it was is him fighting, it was him fighting normal guy. The trick is it almost seems like Panther might when they when he's in his combat and they take the herb away from him, seems like he's probably about comic book level Panther strength. I don't like I said in the earlier thing, I don't think the Wakandans flat baseline or normal. I think it's from eating I think it's from eating the plants around there. I don't think they are normal. Because yeah. Considering the heart-shaped herb gets its thing from the, you know, the, it's like it shows you in the very beginning of the movie, the fact that the vibranium fell to to the earth and landed in Wakanda is what caused the heart-shaped herb to grow. And like you mentioned, yeah. I think it was well, the yeah, podcast, it's, yeah, it's in the it's, it's, in, it's that, in the land. It's in that same exposition at the beginning when uh, Jobu is telling Killmonger the story. Yeah, he flat out says, yeah, and it changed the plants of the, it changed the flora and the fauna. It changed the plants of that place. So if you're eating the plants, hell, that's really all they do with a heart-shaped herb is grinding it down and drinking it. Yeah. So if they you, ain't quite, they ain't quite normal. Well, i give you a good example. I worked with a hell, guy. Uh, Mbaku, hell, when he first shows up, got that guy, hell, by the cuff of the neck. Oh, one, yeah, one arm. Witness the strength of the Jabari firsthand and chucks that and chucks that dude like he wouldn't shit. Yeah. Well, I, I give you a good example, and this is without you know out of comic books. I worked with a guy that him and his wife had a daughter. His brother and his brother's wife had a, a daughter within a couple of days of each other. You know, the, the wives got pregnant and yeah. and their, their kids were born within a few days of each other. Now, him and his wife, his wife was a vegetarian, so their kid was raised vegetarian. His brother's kid was not. When both of those kids hit like 10 years old and you saw them in a picture together, 
you could see a physical difference in the height, the weight, the, the muscular structure, and everything in those kids from the vegetarian diet versus, you know, eating meat, eating vegetables. There's yeah. a whole lot of other things that back into that too. Yeah, but... Like radiation! When, well, like the mother's side of the genetics. Yeah, yeah. Well, the thing is, the two brothers married... Like, he, he met his wife when he was in service. She brought her sister home from the thing... Okay, so it was they, the they wives were sisters, the brothers were sisters. <laughs> the brothers were sisters. The husband, the, 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 brothers, the two brothers, married the two, married the two sisters. Yeah, okay, so I got you. I got you. Yeah, I was making it really freaky there for a second. So it it was, was all the home. same genetics technically, yeah. but it well, was just it, it was the same two family, two same, yes. two okay. incredibly uh, similar I, genetics. I was I was hoping for some Kentucky style inbreeding there. No, no, no Kentucky style inbreeding. That to you, the but. When it, it was the you know it was majority of it was the diet that was affecting the size mm. because when you look at all the the chemicals what that go into the me? foods the I mean if if you're shooting steroids into the, the beef and the pork and the chicken and this that and the other it's going to trickle down into you this well, they pretty much nicks to allow you put much of the way steroids and stuff yeah but I mean you know when you look back in the 80s and 90s when all that was going on, you know. So, but now, you've got that going on. All right. Anybody else got any favorite moments you want to talk about before we move on? Nope. Are you sure? Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So we talked about some of our favorite moments. And really, we spent a lot of time talking about the little comedic stuff as opposed to, like, the big battle scenes and whatnot. So I really, really liked it by the end. Yeah. But we'll move on. Nothing is perfect. Black Panther is a really good movie, but nothing is perfect. What are some weak points you thought it had? What are some flaws you thought it had? had? Something you wish they had done differently? The CGI fights. I did not like. I did not care for, like, the uh, Panther-Killmonger fight when they are both empowered. It was too heavily CGI for me. And they're down in the mine. Yeah. And it, it... Took away. Panther had a better fighting style in Civil War than he had in his own movie, and yeah. I, didn't, I didn't care for that. It looked some of that fight looked cartoony, and it was kind of all over the place. And I didn't enjoy it as much. I didn't enjoy his fights, truthfully, as Panther as much as I did his fights at Warrior Falls. Mm-hmm. Because like when he's fighting Ubaku, I'm sitting there calling the style. Ooh, look, that's Caporeo. Oh man, that's badass. It, it took something away from from it when it went just so totally CGI. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was fine with it when you know if you're gonna do something spectacular like when the Talon fighter shooting at him and he drops the pulse and it takes out the the uh, soldiers. But that one spear pops up and he grabs it and takes out the talent fight. Yeah, that was cool as shit. But the fight between him and and uh, Killmonger, yeah, I, I could have stood a little more. It was a little too obviously. Yeah, sad. yeah. A little I, too much rubber lining. Yeah. Where it just looks like. It looked like a. How did it move? Like yeah, that? it looked like a human art cartoon for a minute. Kind of took me out of it. Mm-hmm. One problem I had, and it's it's a problem Marvel movies have in general, is the whole let's kill every villain every movie. Yeah, good lord, yeah. If you're not Loki and you're a villain, you're probably dead. 
you know, it's it's possible skulls out there somewhere. Uh, Abomination should be out there, but I don't know if they're ever going to get around using him again. But it's pretty much every other one. Yeah. You know, most of them. I don't. All three Iron Man movies, the yeah, villain died. Yeah. Hella bit it. Yeah. Malekith bit it. Mm hmm. Uh, Let's see. Loki was the first one he survived. Yeah. Loki took out the destroyer. Well, Pierce, Pierce was pointless. Well, Zemo's alive, but hell, he ain't. He ain't really worthy of the name. Yeah, he's Ronan, not really. He's Ronan, not really. Ronan, dead. Yeah, Ronan, Ronan bit it. Ego bit it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, they claws gone. Vulture, the executioner. No, Vulture was Vulture lived. Vulture lived. That's right. He would prove. But again, it's Vulture. Yeah, it's, it, 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 it was a villain. It was a sorry version of it to begin with. Yeah, yeah. you ain't you ain't hardly gonna build no team worthy of crap with Vulture on it. With that version anyway, because he. Kind of sucked. Uh, so you know you do have you do have Mordo running around. Oh yeah, Mordo. Well, he was actually taking a villainous turn. That's the trick. Yeah. He was not the villain of the movie. Yes, yeah, true. Uh, he's kind of one of those like in Baku where you like him going through the movie, but you know he's supposed to be a villain at some point. So you know he'll probably pop up in a sequel. Yeah. But anyway, but that's one flaw I, I had, or one flaw I saw in the movie, though it's one that. It's not unique to Black Panther. It's shared by most of the Marvel movies. I've got another slight issue that's more or less mirrored in a lot of the uh, MC movies right now, or Marvel movies right now. Is your villain is the same power set as your hero? Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes, that's a problem. That's a problem. Like I understand having their mirrors of each other, but on the opposite sides, it can be an interesting story point. The problem is you've done it seven times already. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a huge problem. Pretty much every Iron Man movie. Like Killmonger is an interesting character. You know, he he is a good character. It's just like, I I, if you you said you know the the three big antagonists yeah. right now, all right, two of them are very similar power sets. Yeah, and one of them is just a crafty a hole. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Another thing I was really hoping for but didn't happen was an after credit scene. Where it go, shows claws and he's like, you know, he opens up. You really think I'm done with kill me? And he opens it and he's got a bulletproof vest on because he's not an idiot. It's true. He should not have been quite that. Or that he had more than a hand rigged up to him. Yeah, or he had you know a a vibranium mesh on that was real thin, and he's like, you know, he wakes up, the bullet you know hit his heart and made it stop because he fell unconscious or something. But yeah, he's just like, well. That was a failure, and he moves on with life. Yeah, yeah. something like that would have been good. Uh, for me, my my biggest problem was they put most of, well, pretty much all of T'Challa's villain roster in one movie. I think we touched on this in in the other podcast. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like he has a, a big rogues gallery to begin with, but and a lot of you, a lot of you Marvel characters have that issue. Really, a lot of you, a lot of superheroes. Period have that one. If you're not, yes, if you're not, if you're not the top tier guys, a lot of times have a large gallery. So even then, you get people like Superman. Superman he's got a lot of them, but some of them are like Toy Man. You know, how in the world is that? How is that a villain that even fits? Because you know, Panther's got you know, in the books, he had one of the Dora Milaje become obsessed with him. Nakia, his girlfriend. In this, oh, yeah, it's Nakia. So that'll work out very much. That'll work out much better for her in the movie. <laughs> But yeah, so he had an obsessed ex-girlfriend. Uh, you had that other woman yeah. that tried to attack Storm. 
Yeah. Um, she was one of his villains from back in the day that they yeah. brought up before he got married. Was that supposed to be Nightshade? That yeah. was, yeah, that was Deadly Nightshade. She was originally supposed to be in the movie, Killmonger's girlfriend, the one he shoots. Mm. Yeah, that was supposed to be Deadly Nightshade. And then they realized, oh yeah, Nightshade's popping up in season two of Luke Cage. Well, never mind. Uh-huh. So, I think she's credited as Linda or something like that. Just but, the name. Yeah, but, Linda. Yeah. The name Linda. Yeah. But they never call it. The reason why they never call her by name in the movie is Nightshade. That's the reason why she was the one that poisoned the night. Deadly Nightshade worked in poison. Oh yeah, that's right. She was the uh, yeah. coffee girl. Yeah, she was the coffee barista. Because I've had that back and forth this morning where I had a person. Oh, Killmonger killed her. No, that was his girlfriend that killed her. Yeah, that's why he was she making was, the comment yeah. about you got was, all this security, yeah, you got all this, you got all that. Plan. You're not yeah. careful about what you put in your body. Yeah, but the trick is, how was it even Killmonger's plan? He worked for Claw. That's true. So you got the that was that was the game he was playing. Was he was he was working for Claw? That's the reason why Claw goes. Oh, you know, don't worry about your pay. When I go back to Joburg, I'm settling up with everybody because he was working for it. Mm-hmm. And right. he go and he goes. Ah, oh, don't worry. I know you're good for it. But do me a favor. Drop us off in Wakanda on the way back. And that's where things go go bananas. Mm-hmm. But you see from their interaction that Claw, you know, when Claw does the is that vibrating too. It seems kind of obvious that he was told the vibranium was there by someone. Oh, yeah. Which was probably Killmonger went, this is vibranium. Quite possibly. You don't really know how they hooked up. Yeah, yeah the hookup, well, you know, it, yeah. it may have been, again, Killmonger's a multi-layered villain. It may have been Killmonger's plan, but the part he was playing in was henchman. This is true. Yeah. This is true. He's a knowledgeable henchman. Hey, I can help you out. You're looking for, for, for vibranium. Or I hear you deal with it. Yeah. I think I found it. Because remember when uh, Claw uses his hand to knock the rust covering off the vibranium stuff? Yeah, before he does it, he basically looks at, at Killmongo's, let's see if you know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. There was not a, you know, and then once he does it, like, oh, you get ready to be a very rich boy. Which, now that I think about it, was racist as shit. That's Claw. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> That, that fits right in with, with Claw and, and his backstory. Yeah. The moment he said that, I was expecting Killmonger to call him on it. And he didn't, but if, if he's playing Claw, I can understand yeah. why he didn't. Because in Killmonger's mind, hell, he knew he was going to kill him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're my way in. After I find out just where this place is, you are so fucking dead. I will smoke you like a pack of coals. You know, that, that was... Well, you know, the second he rolled his sleeve up and showed him, yeah, hey, you can kill as many folks as you want. You can scar yourself up any way you want. Yeah, like. Claw was somebody you just weren't going to impress. No. Yeah. Hell, when he was facing Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver, hell, he wasn't impressed by him. Hell, he wasn't impressed by Ultron. That's what cost him his arm. True. <laughs> Talk just a little too damn much. Well, that, that was the thing. That was one of the things I liked about the movie Claw was... He was already crazy. He he was a little. He was already bad dude. Crazy. Yeah, he was a little. It was like, yeah, you already nuts. You you, you ain't willing to brand me. You ain't on hit list. <laughs> it's it's like something. You know, he, he's like seven sandwiches shy of a picnic. You know, he and and, the, and you. To be fair, I tend to like I tend to like the actor everything he pops up in. Yeah, yeah. now the act the Andy Serkis plays the hell out of. Out of the character, and you know, 
Patrick walked away going, I really want to hear his mixtape. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, him, his line when he goes, I made it rain. It's like, oh God, you know. Well, hell, when the car chase starts, the, the music that you hear is the shit from his car because it goes, cut on some music. This isn't a funeral. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was, he was kind of nuts. He was somebody that enjoyed life. Yeah, he did. You know, all the way up to the bullets in his ass. <laughs> Even then, it's like he's almost amused, though. You know, when Killmonger shows that tape, <laughs> I took you for a dumb American. Yeah. Well, he wanted them damn sandwiches. Well, even after he shot him, he, he's sitting there holding his side, and he's like, oh, it's like, I didn't see that coming. Oh, I took you for a dumb American. Oh, well. You know, it, but, you know. I've seen a thing online where people were saying that, it was a it was a horrible movie. It was full of slurs because they kept talking about Americans. I didn't know calling somebody an American was a slur. The only slur that you hear in the thing coming from the Wakanda side is colonizer. Mm-hmm. That's it. And you don't hear that once. Uh, the rest of it just kind of like, eh, it's I, I have news for uh, uh, all of America that a lot of uh, Europeans do call us colonizers, but they also call British, Britons colonizers because... You know why? Because they were. You know... <laughs> When, when you colonize most of the world, you get called a colonizer. So what other problems did anybody have with it? What was it? Calling Americans Americans. <laughs> Look at them. Americans. I, I guess one of my problems with it was give him his powers, take it away, give him his powers, take it away. The, that bothered me. But they have him and Cap, the Super Soul Cap, they have them so jacked up that if you want to have anybody fighting normal, they had to. Yeah. Where in the comics, they don't do that because he's just peak human. Yeah. A normal human is, you know, within a 20-pound lifting range if they're well-trained. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like against him. Well, something I saw on uh, the internet, somebody was talking, it's, or the like from the comic books, they were talking about, like, Batman can lift 1,000 pounds as a normal human. And Captain America and Black Panther can lift, I can't remember what the exact, they can lift way more than that because they're enhanced. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, makes sense. Because you, you see in, in the, uh, that last movie with, uh, oh crap, what's his name, is Batman, he, he's working out like a beast. Yeah. I, I get that. I'll, I'll give Batman that. That's fine. I got no problem as a nerd. I'll give him that. But I've never seen in the comic books, let's take the, the, the powers away. That just kind of took me, you know, one of those moments of... Uh, yeah, it, it yeah. bothered me how on and off that was. While at the same time, token, by the same token, I could see in the movie universe why yeah, they had to do that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I understood why they had to do that for the movie, but as, as a comic book reader, it was one of those things of, yeah, that that that's not how they do that. That's like when uh, it was Nakia that went back and stole some of the herbs. Yeah. Why did he just grab one piece? That was that's come up a lot. Why now, granted, he just grab one. Uh, she may have grabbed it before he said burn it. I don't remember. I don't remember the exact order that happened in. So she may not have been expecting to burn it. Yeah, she she grabbed it. I she may have just grabbed the one that she needed. Yeah. She reached in there and was grabbing it as he was talking, and then he told them. Though to, to be fair. It. Any farmer 
keeps seed stock somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, the, 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 the chances of that literally being the last of the heart-shaped herb, you, you pretty much give that up. Also, it's, it's the nation that grows in is the nation you're currently in. Yeah. It probably is growing wild somewhere. Yeah, well, and, the fact, and the fact that Bass gave it to him in the first place, she'd give it to him again. Well, it showed Forrest Whitaker harvesting it earlier. Yeah. So Yeah, you, you saw him tending it several times. That was another thing I had a problem with. In the comics, vibranium is something odd about Wakanda. The heart-shaped herb was something separate. Wakanda had, it was like a microcosm of a comic book, of, you know, any of your comic universes. You had multiple stuff going on. You had the metal from space that their tech was from. And then you had the stuff that their goddess had given them. Yeah. You know, the heart-shaped herb wasn't tied to vibranium in any way. You had a rider. You had a you had to run a Black Panther, Black Panther man without fear. That yeah, the rider didn't know what he was doing. List the fact that the vibranium had been yeah. messed up and taken out in a previous storyline. He had like that strip Panther the stuff the heart shaped herb gave him, and the two were not related. They're just in the same country. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they um recently is when all of a sudden it well it's the fact that vibranium was here because it's been trying to condense stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, get ready for it to be condensed some more because you know the soul gem is in the middle of that damn asteroid. Yeah. I you know it is. I, I made that comment to Jennifer. On it her. would explain why in the trailers for Infinity War they know it's attacking Wakanda. Yeah. You know, you know that's where the soul gem is and that's the reason why taking that stuff is taking you to the ancestral plane and all that. It's... Mm-hmm. it's it's, they're, they're going to do soul. that. Yeah, they, they are going to tie that in there. Mm-hmm. And the, the movie is probably going to go back to like the comic used to be back in the day where uh, they kind of assume that the Panther God isn't real. Yeah. You know, that was always something back in the day that it was just kind of superstition. Priests started playing with it a little bit and then Hudland really ran with, yeah. with it being being an actual goddess. And was it, was it Hudlin's run where they decided for sure it was Bast? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. One problem I had, speaking of Bast, was when they made the white gorilla god Hanuman. That yeah. bothered me at first because Hanuman, I was thinking Hanuman's an Indian uh, deity. It didn't fit. You know, making the panther god Bast still an African deity. Now, I forget who it was I was talking to. Was it, yeah, it was me. It was CDL. That pointed out that the worship of Hanuman actually does stretch from India all the way into parts of Africa. At which point that resolved my, you know, as long as it is something, you know, native folks there worship at some point, I don't really have a problem with it. And that, and that was another kind of like cleansing aspect of the thing because, you know, Kilmongo, I mean, uh, Umbaku's whole thing, his powers and stuff came from, in the comics from bathing in the blood and eating the flesh of the sacred white gorilla, which was one of those kind of critters back when, back in the days when Wakanda was part of the quote-unquote dark continent where, you know, you still had like dinosaurs and shit running yeah. around every now and then in parts of Wakanda. You know, they, it got, it got really, really weird in some places and like the white gorillas don't look like just a big albino gorilla. They were, they were, like, they were mighty Joe Young kind of sized gorillas. They wouldn't, they, they look more like they did in the movie Congo. Have not seen it. Yeah. Yeah. But they were... To the point that a warrior taking one out was a big deal. Yeah. It's like Iron Fist. The Iron yeah. Fist began to yeah. take out a dragon with yeah. the martial arts skill. Yeah. Then they get souped up. Yeah. 
you had to be rough as hell to take it out in the first place. Mm-hmm. But that that kind of takes away the 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 animal worship kind of thing of it. Mm-hmm. I guess, mm-hmm. and, and I can see that to some degree. And I don't think the Marvel universe, unless they do a reboot, is ever going to do anything with any of their gods. Yeah, I you know, think. in the Thor stuff, they did their absolute best to make them just advanced aliens. Maybe advanced aliens with a little magic. They didn't. They didn't. You know, they, they, they didn't actually become any kind of ways gods until Ragnarok. Yeah, and Ragnarok, Ragnarok they start talking about themselves yeah. like they're gods yeah. again. Yeah, but that's a backpedal from the previous two movies. Yeah, up until that point, it was you know when Loki would call himself a god, basically Odin would get on him for it. Oh no, we're not, we're not gods. You know, we we're born, we live, we die. And Loki's like, yeah, five thousand year increment. You know what the hell are you talking about? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, maybe. Maybe that means Marvel is backing off a little from the because that that's what ruined helped ruin the Thor movies for him is the fact that yeah it's the God of Thunder just run with it it ain't got you don't have to explain it you don't have to sit there well, well it's, that was it's that one director's well Favreau's it was Favreau's kick but the trick is it lasted way past his this influence is this is true you know they never you know when he made the statement well you know how you gonna put Mythological Thor on science based on a team with science based cap and this yeah that's that's a comic book universe that is the beauty of a comic book universe yeah. everything exists there yeah it don't have to fit you can have Doctor Strange and still have Galactus and still have Thor and still have Hercules and you don't well, have to explain and that's it. the trick in in the Marvel comics when you get up to a certain level of power it starts becoming indistinguishable yeah. The Living Tribunal, Galactus can go to the Living Tribunal. Yeah. He's, he's on a level that he can get to that kind of cosmic core. The Tribunal originally popped up in Doctor Strange. Yeah. Because if you're a powerful mystic, you hit that same level, you know. Yeah. It's like there's it's like there's separate concepts at the low level, and then when you get up to the kind of the macroverse level, it's all yeah, kind of the same stuff. Yeah, it's all kind of the same It's like how quantum physics stuff kind of breaks yeah. down. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping... That they, I'm hoping the ancestral plane is real, mm-hmm. and not just some soul gem. Not just soul world. Yeah, code. yeah, some kind of. Time. Yeah, I'm hoping it's not like the interior of the soul gem or some kind of weird crap like that. I hope they have a heaven. That's neat. It's neat that they actually have a heaven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's what Asgard should have been. It was heaven. You can fix that like you want it. You can get into arguments to this day. Well, you know the aliens know. Because dead people go there when they die. That ain't aliens. When you can go to a certain part of town and it's hell, and you go to a certain part of town town and it's heaven, you ain't no fucking alien. You've gone into some weird mystical shit. Leave alone. But yeah, that's like if Thor would take a long ship and he'd sail in the water, you know, to the edge of Asgard and then just sail off into space. Yeah. And they still gave you that. In the movies where, you know, you got to a certain spot and Asgard just dropped it off. Mm. <laughs> Anybody got any more flaws in the movie? Wasn't long enough. That's well, a lie. It's, 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 yeah. I mean, could have been four hours. <laughs> hey, dude, was four hours. It's a classic. The, the only other flaw I had was in the comic book run, you had uh, Hunter, his stepbrother. Hunter would have been a nice addition. Uh, uh, he would have been a nice little Easter egg in there. Was he a stepbrother or a foster brother? He was a foster brother. Foster brother. 
he was he was a, he was adopted by uh, his dad T'Chaka. and Tachaka and the mm-hmm. first mother. His mm-hmm. first. Uh, no, because see, Ramonda Ramonda was married to T'Chaka when Hunter's family's plane crashed. Them, that's what let them bond was because the Wakandans looked at Hunter as who's this weird white kid running around and that's they right. didn't like Ramonda because she was from South Africa. That's right. That's right. Because that was something interesting with his and T'Challa's relationship. They didn't necessarily get along. They kind of butted heads a little bit. But they were both close with her. Yeah. You know, she was basically the mother Panther could remember. And, you know, she, he was the fellow, she was the fellow outsider with Hunter and kind of the mother figure. And they yeah. were both close with Siri. Well, that's just it. She didn't exist until... No, until Hudlin came her. Yeah. That Shuri did not exist until... And I don't think Hudlin uh, ever used Hunter. No, he didn't. But, uh, when Priest, when Priest came right, on the book, right. he created Hunter. And Hunter was a character in that book until Priest was gone. And then when Rizal Hudlin did, who is Black Panther, Hudlin, I mean, Hunter got the boot and Shuri was created. So, yeah, that, that family. And you could, you could have Hunter pop up in a sequel. Because Hunter was in charge of the War Dogs. He could have been off doing something. That's true. And yeah, he did I, have the War Dogs. I literally kept waiting for them to call him the Hatu Sarase. I want that so damn bad. But they always gave the name translated. Yeah, yeah, they just kept translating. Now, they called Hunter the White Wolf. Yeah. And they dropped that name at the end, but they're talking about Bucky. Yeah. Yeah. I did like when Bucky comes out. You know, he's, you know, they've got him wrapped up in the, uh, you know, traditional garb that the Wakandans wear. But I like the fact that he was in his uh, Bucky colors. Mm -hmm. I, I thought that was pretty neat. Well, if anybody has to, unless anybody has got something to add, we will wrap up here. Uh, this has been the second part of our Black Panther review and discussion. I hope if you, you haven't, if you haven't gone to see it, what in the hell's wrong with you? Yes, go. Oh, go see there it. may be spoilers in this. If you haven't seen the movie yet, oh, go yeah. watch the movie first. Oh yeah, yeah. But we probably we probably should have said spoilers at some point. But yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll they put it, I'll put it in the post sometime. Well, uh, if we're calling it a review. They know we're reviewing it. Well, fair enough, fair enough. You don't review something else. Hey, and they, the, the and young token, uh, the token millennial came up with something. There's a token millennial believing that people are smart. He still has hope. No, oh, no. It's so cute. It's not believing people are smart. It's acknowledging the fact, even if you're dumb, my ass is covered. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Yeah, we're good. All right. Well, in the comments below, let us know what your favorite moments were. Uh, let us know if there's if you think there's some flaw in the movie that we missed or some flaw in the character that we missed. Anyway, until next time, this has been the experience. Some call Jason, and with me, the token young, letting a big skip in there for editing. Tarky, I'm not editing anything. You're going to sound like you don't have good sense. <laughs> CEO one one three, and the Todd father. What kind of father? Peace.